Hello fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, and welcome back to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy, fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Wow, what a week it's been. Despite losing our reigning monarch, and also being introduced to our new Prime Minister, we have somehow managed to cobble you together another slice of high adventure and mystery. Here in the UK, it appears that whilst we may have lost one Liz, we've gained another one. Life is strange like that sometimes. The Queen is dead. Long live the King. As ever, this is your weekly warning that the content from here on in is not suitable for little ears. It's mostly improvised and entirely inappropriate. Listener discretion, as always, is advised. So, without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Matt, Raggy, Shan, and myself for this week's episode of The Adventurer's Anonymous Podcast. Please enjoy. Okie dokie, if you're all sitting comfortably, then we will begin. That was a massive anticlimactic start to this. Uh, Matt. Yes. Who are we sponsored by this week? Uh, Fancy text generator from LingoJam.com. Enjoy. LingoJam. uh, Yeah, yeah, we're we're sponsored by LingoJam itself, which is a completely unrelated product for uh, toast, lubrication, Car maintenance. Um, car maintenance. What happened there? That was. Was that? Was that Lingo Jam trying to cut us was off? That a, big Lingo Jams. Yeah, yeah, big Lingo. Wait a minute, big, big Lingo. Um, big Jam. Big Jam. Fucking Big Jam. Hartleys <laughs> when they come for you, they're cunts. Um, hang on a minute. So what? What's Big Lingo Jam a lubricant for again? Um, whatever you can imagine. Um. Birthday well, I mean, parties. WD40 is a lubricant. I don't tend to use it in the bedroom. Well, that's the great thing about Lingo Jam. The garage, the kitchen, the bedroom. Also, you're missing out not using WD40 in the bedroom. Just saying. Um, yeah, the w- There's been Channel 5 documentaries about that kind of shit, hasn't there? <laughs> the, the WD and WD40 stands for whatever does it for you. Um, right, hang on a minute. Is Lingo, is Lingo Jam seedless? And then I'm going to stop pumping this... Uh, it has got seeds in it, but it is also it is vegan. So uh, there's that. Oh, it is vegan. Yeah. Um, Very good. Tears. Yeah. The tears of sad vegans in there. So nothing was exploited to make this jam. All right. Well, it's funny because it th- things were exploited, but they were left out of the final product. So technically, it's vegan. <laughs> Pe- yeah. People are often exploited in the family. Oh, people. People are often exploited in the factory, but they barely, rarely make it into the final product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are we, are we just not going to examine the fact that AJ just said people are often exploited in the family? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, our dynasty may be having a few problems at the moment. I may be written out the will, but let's just segue on to the catch-up. And Chanel, you haven't been around for a couple of weeks, I want to say. So I'll do the catch-up, and then if you've got any questions afterwards... Please feel free to um, jump right in, all right? So, a catch-up. Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, they had found themselves gills deep in the underground coastal village full of Kuatoans, 
or as you may wish to call them, fish folk. Holed up in the shaman shack, they were searching frantically for one of the highly coveted emmentals that they had come there looking for. The problem was that there was a lot of collected junk piled up everywhere. Turns out that the fish folk were hoarders extraordinaire. Assisted by Belsia, Aristobulus did his utmost best to sift through the piles of shite in search of the emmental. They may not have found what they were looking for, but they did manage to find a harpoon gun, which Belsia squirreled away for later. They also found a My Little Owlbear plushie toy that had seen better days. Aristobulus, putting aside his childhood hurts, embraced his cuddly toy, finally finding his happy place. Whilst this scavenger hunt was going on, the rest of the party were faced with the fact that outside the shack, Marvin the Goat and his two chaperones, a pair of local lads, were being brought to the drowning pool to be sacrificed to the Kuatoan's deity, a half-woman, half-lobster, known only as Blibdlepoop. Clearly, Maud wasn't going to let this happen to her undulate friend, and they started preparing to take the fight to the fish folk. Fortunately, at this point, there were only two fish folk in the proximity, and the rest having run off to investigate the screams of a small fish finger in the local primary school. If you don't know what all that's about, I'm not going to get into it now. Listen to last week's episode for some arachnid fun. If I recap that now, Chanel will run off and never speak to me again. Either way, Hanash charged into the fray with a hip and a skip and a hop and a leap, crashing into the first of the fish folk, whilst Maud ensnared the other one to the ground using her magical vines and kelp. Tatty fired an arrow at this poor fish, and that's where things got a little bit dark. Spectral hands came out the ground and started tearing at the ensnared figure, much to everyone's horror. Seems like a discussion may be needed later as to what the fuck happened there. Just what had Tatty got himself involved with? Luckily, Hanash was on hand to dispatch the final fish man. Towering over him, he smashed him repeatedly in the face with his mace. Scooping up the scared kids... And the scared kid. See what I did there? They rendezvoused with their colleagues. Now, this is where things get really odd. While searching through the piles of dusty crap for the Emmental, Belsiar had unearthed something quite beyond his wildest dreams. He had found a clay golem that was slowly booting up, triggered by the first speakers of the common language it had heard in a long time. After brief introductions, the golem said that he had passively been listening to the shaman for years, and that he knew the location of the chapel, and that perhaps the Emmentar might be there if it was indeed of significant religious value. Hot-tailing it to the chapel, the group did their best to investigate while the golem stayed on door duty. After much jiggery-pokery, they finally discovered an anteroom with an array of strange symbols all over the floor. Ahead in the distance lay an altar that seemed to be their best chance at the mysterious cheesy prize. It soon dawned on them that the only way past this chessboard of fishy symbols was to find the right path across it. But what was the solution? Belsia bravely sent Cato across first, resulting in his instantaneous death to a blow dart as he'd picked the wrong square. Aristobulus stabilising the crow before Belsia tucked him safely away into a pocket for later a bit like a half-eaten cheese sandwich. Having got a shocking display of animal husbandry out of the way, the rest of the adventuring party started stumbling across the board in a quasi-random way, documenting the various traps that slapped, chopped, and burnt them in varying degrees. Tati at one point having to wrestle a giant lobster and Hanash temporarily going blind due to their incorrect choices across the board. But... To cut a long story short, they made their way to the other side and after solving a simple array of MacGuffin-related puzzles... 
They were presented with the water emmental for their perseverance, backslaps and hugs all round. All they had to do now was work out how the hell to get out of there alive, and more importantly, who was going to give Cato the kiss of life. And that is where we will pick up this week's episode. <sighs> I feel like I more or less got it from row two, but made one error. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. There's extra bonus points if you can tell the errors I left in intentionally. <laughs> I meant my personal error. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your personal error. Well, yeah. yeah. Come on, Maud. What questions do you have? So Kato's dead. He's stable. No one's ever really dead in D and D. He's just he's just out cold. I think the otters. The otters died. Kato. No one stabilized the otters. Uh, Kato is on zero points. He's neither alive or dead. He's Schrodinger's crow. Um, Okay, who who is responsible for Kato's almost untimely demise? Kato. Who who was it? Who put him on the square? Well, in in a way, it was himself that put himself on the square. Right. Oh, did he? Did he sacrifice himself? I think it was something like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it was was a free choice he made. That, That sounds like someone who has sacrificed a crow for the team would say. Yeah. Well, who's if we're going to argue over the agency of over the agency of non-player characters and pets, then uh, we could be here a long time. No, it reminds me a lot of World War One when someone would valiantly blow a whistle and hundreds of men would run into machine gun fire and die, and then that man would write poetry about how sad <laughs> it made him having to do his civic duty. That's. AJ Jackson, the only the only person old enough to get away with the phrase. I, it reminds me of World War One. <laughs> Not that old, but right. It reminds me of Fryer and Blackadder. Yeah. Yes. The only person, the only person to earnestly start a sentence with the word "see here." Huzzah! Uh, right before we get into the uh, fray, what's everyone drinking quickly? Chris and Chris, what are you drinking? Big boy gin and tonic. Big boy gin and tonic. I'm drinking a cloud water. Ooh. Beer. Nice, nice. Well, they're very jazzy from. It was very nice. Is Big Boy a brand, or are you just saying you didn't have it in a Tommy Tippy cup? <laughs> How much better I mean, would it be in a Tommy Tippy cup? Don't sleep on Tommy Tippy cups. They'd be amazing for a gin and tonic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Big Boy, because I just poured out what was left of the gin into there. Oh, I see. Like right, 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 right. Okay. Matthew, what what cocktail have you whipped up this week? This is, um, I think it's called the French Connection, which is just cognac and amaretto and ice, which is cool because the French Connection sounds really fancy, but it's literally just pour in one liquid, pour in another liquid, and I've made a cocktail. Mm. <laughs> Pretty good. Nice. Pretty sure you've got ADHD, and the last D stands for drink. You literally just hurl any old... Thing and I like the fact every week I can count on you to. Uh, yes, it's uh, empty. It's called mixology. Cupboard. Okay, okay, fine. Don't see any lingo jam in your cocktail, do you? <laughs> right, that's the garnish. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that goes around the rim. You got a lingo rim. <laughs> We've all had a jammy rim. <laughs> so now the lawyer has told her to make no comment. Um, right. Good. So, as a bit of context, just to throw you back into the mix of it, you are indeed in somewhere like the anteroom of the chapel where you've recovered the um, Emmental. You've got the water Emmental, which is one of the four Emmentals you need to find. Um, 
As you make, you just say you make your way back across the floor space because you worked out the solution. I'm not going to make you work it out in reverse because that would make for a very boring session of D&D. And you make your way back into the chapel. Chanel, for the sake of this, it's a cavernous chapel. Imagine all the trappings of an underground coastal cavern with dank walls, stalactites, stalagmites, but scattered in and amongst it, a few pews made out of um, washed up uh, parts of boats, rigging and things like that with a impromptu altar at the front and several bad limescale statues of Blibdal Poop, the god of the fish folk, who is a half woman, half lobster. And at the door, there's a giant clay golem holding the doors together. You see the golem, his eyes flaring as you can hear the door like rattling behind him as he's, his his ample back muscles made of clay are holding the two double doors together. You hear a kerfuffle outside. Oh, well, that, that puts the kibosh on my plans to have a long rest. I've had, a, I've had an idea. Yes. We've got the hard disguise, right? Yeah, what, Belsiar does. What if Belsiar becomes their deity? Oh. You're like, like C3PO. <laughs> I like and, it. Uh, and, and, and gets us out of trouble. You're currently disguised as a half-man, half-herring thing, aren't you? But I'm, I, yeah. I don't know what the rules say if you take the hat There's off. There's nothing to say. It lets you cast it at will, so you can change yeah. it whenever. I like it. It's not like uh, uh, Polyjuice, Harry Potter fans. I was wondering with the golem. Could we cast like a? Did someone cast um, um, move clay or like cat like move earth or something? Could we change his hands into like little beaver hands and dig the tunnel away? <laughs> Those are my suggestions. He is made of clay, so technically his hands are inanimate. They're just being powered by magic. So in theory, mm. I mean, at the moment, by all estimates, I mean with all of your passive perceptions, I'm going to say that you can you can hear a lot of fish folk. So uh, the little child who you um, used as a distraction clearly raised quite a lot of alarms with the fish folk. And by the time you've made it in here, the giant hole in the side of the shaman's hut and the piles of shite you've left all the way to the chapel have... um, You're you're currently holed up in the chapel. So what are you going to do, Maud? So I want to know where where Marvin is. Oh, Marvin's with you. So (laughs) Marvin came along with the two... There were two young lads who you left Marvin in the care of. They're they're spotty teenagers. They only came out tonight for a drink in a cave. You know, the local, like, couple of beer cans. But uh, unfortunately, they've now got embroiled in this adventure. So there's a couple of pimply-looking youths who are uh, looking quite scared. One of them is pebble-dashed in Kuatoan blood from where Hanash smashed the face of a fish in next to him. He's kind of got that kind of dried blood chum down one side of the face they're both looking quite pale they haven't had a vegetable in a while cute Marv, Marv, they've done a good job looking after marvin so um the last time i played i think i did i attack one of the fish people and am i still wearing his entrails as decoration for my horns you picked up the corpse of someone who'd been sacrificed in the kuatoan drowning pool and pulled out his entrails and used them like tinsel on your horns yes so you are wreathed in gore and viscera. The, the, those those two pimply teenagers are currently looking fairly terrified. Um, they've sworn off drugs for life. I mean, if it's going to help your escape, yeah, you, you've got like... Um... What I'd like to do is I would like to 
use the entrails yes. as a vuvuzela. Well, vuvuzela like is like a them horn. Like Isn't a vuvuzela like a giant bugle? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you, are you swinging like it around swing. your head? Okay. And I like throw it into the corner so it distracts them. Everyone, they're behind a door currently. You're oh, you're yeah. you're barricaded in by a golem that's keeping people out. As everyone turns around, Maud is swinging the entrails of a dead person, and just bits <laughs> of semi-digested food are coming out of the end of the entrails, just pebble bashing, <laughs> like. It's making a great whistling noise as it goes round. What whistling? I start doing that dance where you know you just kind of squat and then you kick your legs up and. Oh, you're doing you're doing a Cossack like, dance. Yeah. He's not a Cossack dance. I'm sorry if that's copyrighted. Right. Shout out! Shout out to weddings. Shout out to weddings. Yeah, smash a plate. Also not a Cossack maneuver. Um. Right. Another, another key demographic gone. <laughs> Jewish Cossacks. <laughs> All 100 Excellent. of them. So, so what are we doing here? So Chanel, the golem is a passive servant in a way. He, he'll, he'll answer to your command, but uh, he won't particularly do anything from... Oh. Um, I've oh, got, what, I've what got, do we want to command him to do? He's currently keeping the wolf from the door. He's, he's basically a human door... Well, not human, he's about 10 foot tall. He's currently a 10 foot tall doorstop that's preventing lots of fish folk come piling in. You can hear the noise coming from behind the wooden planks of the door as you hear the Kuatoan tongue, which is more like... <laughs> like a sort of... Can you tell him to kill them all? Well, you, no one speaks Kuatoan. At best, Matt can understand Kuatoan uh, through magic if he wants to use detects. Can I, become, I can become anything, so I'd like to become a Kuatoan. Oh, dear God. You want... Are they animals? Uh, yeah. Can you wild I think, shape it? I think... Technically, they would be classed as people. Yeah, I'm not sure you can wild shape into a person. Mm. Are you spoiling my fun? A little bit. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just trying. Damn to... it! Okay, I've got two ideas. Excellent. I say I've got. I say I've got two ideas because one of them is your idea, which I love, which is uh, Belsiar using the hat of, hat of disguise to see disguise himself as this. their as their deity. Yeah, <laughs> to see through, to see three po our way out of this, and I think as backup. Um, I have the iron flask, which has something in it, which I can get to basically do what we want for like an hour. So between that and the golem, we might be able to like hold them off. Uh, like the golem could carry a few of us, I think, and I could ride on Barbara and we could make a hasty escape. Um, but I think first, the first port of call should be Belsiar disguises himself as as the as the lobster lady. I can do that. That's that's. Uh, it's also worth you having a look around. I mean, there is other stuff in this room. Remember, like this room isn't completely empty. Well, I was going to say there are other things. Can I search for like a? Yeah, I thought we investigated when we came in. Well, you investigated it in as much as you were looking for like doors and things like that. Like, I don't think you spent hours combing over every. Every available. I get a looking. twenty-four. I get a twenty-four for perception. You get a twenty-four for perception. Are you are you going to your like beautiful mind place as everything's going on? <laughs> the rattling of the door, smashing away. You hear the the door. It's that thing where the door's not locked, but because you can just hear the the planks banging against the back of the clay golems. So poof, 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 as you hear like very angry little visceral fish screaming. 
Looking around, you see Maud swinging a hoop of intestines over the top of her head, making a <laughs> kind of noise, which is both bloody annoying. Um, you see um, Aristobulus trying to scrub some stains off the front of um, his star robe in a puddle of um, salt water on the floor that's dripped out of a stalactite. As you look over, you also notice for the first time that Belsiar is mostly naked. Uh, as he lost his robes uh, earlier on in the um, witch doctor's surgery. Um, he's currently got his um, croco bits out. Um, I think crocodiles have a clo- cloaca, so there's nothing hanging out. It's just oh, I was going to make a joke about croc and balls, but uh, <laughs> clearly not. All right, okay. Uh, and as you look over, yeah, you take in all the the state of the pews. The first thing you notice is that the pews being ramshackle and made adrift would probably wouldn't hold up to much if needed to be a barricade. Um, you've already established that the um, altar at the other end is far too solid to be moved. Uh, probably the only person who could move it is the golem, and by the time he got away from the door, everyone would swarm in. But you do notice a pile of rubble in the back left-hand corner of the um, chapel against one wall. There's piles of boulders and stones and rubble in one corner. Is that um, is that near where the door was to, like, the antechamber? On the other we got side. The other side. Okay. Um, can I go and investigate that? Sure. As you waddle over, leaving the little party all doing their own little things, as you walk past Aristobulus, he's scrubbing away at his robes, as you just hear him saying, they're ruined, they're absolutely ruined, this is never washing out. Um, as you keep on, you walk up, you see it's it's a cave-in that's come out of a passageway and the roof's fallen in. There's little boulders and chunks of stone that have all kind of come in from a passageway into this room. Okay. Mm, is it, do the boulders, mm, is there some like loose ones at the front where I can like take a couple away and like see if I can get any further in? Or is it like, are they all like huge boulders that are like... It's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. I mean, there's some which are handheld for sure. Uh, yeah. If you want to do that, make me a athletics check. 18. Oof, 18. Starting with pebbles, you start throwing them over your shoulder, increasing to larger ones. The larger the chunks, the more things start falling down. Uh, you pick, start picking up things that are about the size of your head and turfing them to one side. Uh, as once you start removing things, it displaces larger rocks. You just jump out of the way as some of them start. You can see it's starting to fall through as you, they're all precariously perched on top of each other starting a small landslide that comes through. I see this, and I'm like, I'm a big man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I go right over, I'm like, move aside, little man. And then, and then I, and I help. As you start cool. chucking stone left, right, and center, uh, you start turfing out landslide stone. You see a sudden, or you feel a sudden rush of air from a hole between two stones. Um, As you see a gap, you see a beam of light come through as you press your eye up against the hole between two boulders. You can see flickering candlelight on the room behind. 
flickering candlelight, you say? Okay, let's plan. Do we want to do the? Do we want to do the the um the old the old the old god trick, the classic pretend to be a deity? I think that's the funner of the option. Mm. Yeah, personally. Yeah. Can the deity have a very very squeaky voice though? <laughs> it's a very naughty um, boy. And, and maybe the deity sings. Mm, could yes. be. Maybe it's like a. But like, like there's like high pitched sounds because we don't know the language, so we got to do something a little bit abstract. Sorcerer's so looking increasingly yeah. unhappy with this plan. <laughs> <laughs> How did you celebrate Easter? Oh, I dressed up as Jesus and went to a Catholic church. <laughs> Phenomenal. What have you guys been up to today? Oh yeah, we went down in some caverns, met some fish people, pretended to be their god. <laughs> Just you know, normal stuff. What are you saying? What are you saying, Maud? As you swing your hoops of intestines around, what say you? Um, I'm quite interested at the, the deity idea. Um, I'm into that. <laughs> Does the deity have a familiar? Well, a, little, <laughs> a little crayfish. I presume it would be a lobster, if anything. Blibdal poop is half woman, half lobster. She has the claws and head of a lobster, but the naked body of a woman. Oh, my God. Like, that is so I would good. like to turn myself into the lobster familiar. Oh, yes. And I'm like... <laughs> these kids, these little ne'er-do-wells, these little youths are getting more and more scared by the minute. As one, of, one of them has physically picked up Marvin and he's just holding him as a comforter, um, like a therapy pet. Um, okay, um, Aristobulus takes Tatty to one side and says, I quite like this plan, uh, to impersonate a deity. There's only one problem with it. Belsiar has to turn into something he's seen before, and I don't think he's ever seen a naked woman. <laughs> I gestured to the I gestured to the, the likeness of this of this deity on the uh, on the, by the altar. And I say, uh, and we've all seen that naked woman. Am I right? As he says, Oh, I didn't notice that. As you see him getting a little bit hot under the robes, as he's like, I'm just going to take a little uh, <laughs> sit down as he just shuffles off behind one of the statues. He's going to use my divine and ignore me. <laughs> oh, I've lost my car keys. <laughs> I love how we used to call him the whiny masturbator, and now we're going to have to call him the whiny diviner. <laughs> oh, the whiny diviner. All right, all right, all right. Okie dokes. So, what's the game plan here? Uh, what do you think, Belsia? Yeah, there's there's one. The only problem with this plan is that I'm pretty sure my comprehend languages ran out like 30 minutes ago because we've definitely been here more than an hour. So all I can, yes. I can appear as their god, but I, all I can really do is shout at them and hope they get the message. Which, to be fair, I think you know I can just for all they know, bubbly boop speaks in tongues. They'll get the. They'll get the. Uh... If the queen went on a parade, you know, she just commands respect for yeah. the wave. I mean, she speaks her own language. <laughs> it's true. To be fair, people in Barnsley probably don't understand the queen, and the queen probably doesn't understand people in Barnsley. But she still visits. Does anyone understand people in Barnsley? <laughs> it's true. Wow. <laughs> We've all got to comprehend language with Chris. <laughs> um... <laughs> Where are you from, Chris? Yeah. Um, this is a bit where we find out Chris's parents have lobster hands. Um, right. I was going to say something else there and decided just not. Yeah. Um, 
I keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> Tell me later. Wow, that's not creepy at all. Right, excellent. Right, I think I need a cold shower. Right, uh, right. Come on, I feel this plan hey, is stalling. Hey, transform into a seven foot tall lobster woman with with boobies and lobster claws. But but Belsiel's never seen actual boobies, so there, there's something slightly wrong about them. For the sake of narrative, I'm going to say Belsiel, who's already like Stark, bollock, naked. To a degree, he's still got his utility belt on so that he can have all his equipment, but he's lost his roofs. So he looks like a stripper. Like a sexy builder. Like with the, no clothes, but utility belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like the Diet Coke yeah. break crocodile. As um, he... You make your way, all this stuff's going on. You see the two, you see the uh, little and large over in the corner, like throwing rocks about as you waddle over and you stand in front of the statue and you focus your inner energy as parts of you start morphing, much like the T-1000, bits of you start morphing into different shapes. And it takes a little while to focus uh, much like a master craftsman trying to hone his art, you uh, try and get the proportion right. One claw's bigger than the other. One of your knockers hangs a little bit lower than the other. Like a man trying to do up a tie, it takes several attempts to get the links right as everything finally balances out. Um, as you step back and turn around to the group, you are now a stark bollock naked lady with lobster head and lobster claws. As you hear a thumping noise in the corner as one of the kids has passed out now. That's fair enough. Um, can Aristobulus, uh, and I'm hoping that this, this helps Belsiar with any kind of like deception check that he has to make um, to pretend to be this, to be this deity. Can um, Aristobulus use the light cantrip to make like a... Not a halo, but almost like almost like um, an aura of light just kind of uh, cascade outwards from from Belsiar in this form. It's not like it's not like a blinding light, but it's like radiant. Let's say. Um, okay, as you hear a thwapping noise coming from behind the statue, as you call Aristobulus, as you hear a <coughs> as um, he's like, "Give me a minute." <laughs> As he comes around the side of the statue, he makes eyes with Matt and he all the colour kind of drains out of his face as he's like, my mother always said this would happen. He's like, I, I wink with one lobster eye. As uh, Aristobulus, Aristobulus is like, what can I do you for, little man? Talking to you, Tati. Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, just gesture to uh, to Belsiar in the form of this lobster woman, and uh, and say, can you, um, can you, can you help with the the holy image? Uh, just just cast a little bit of light on uh, uh, on Belsiar, so we can so we can really sell this. He uh, has a little think, looks through his spells, and he's like, yeah, I think I've got. Just the thing for you. As he walks up, stands behind uh, the god Blibdorpoop, as you see him start undoing the front of his kimono, as he pulls his robe wide, light beam just comes straight out from the front of him like a flasher mac, as 
the shadow of a lobster is cast onto the door and the golem. That's good. Okay, cool. Does he have to stay like that? Is he going to be <laughs> the <laughs> we're, all, we're all, like, making our way out and our soul building to the side. <laughs> like, keep the vibe! The snake hips of a god. Um, it's like a human lava lamp, currently. <laughs> okay. I think I think we get we we get the golem back from the door and get him to help you with moving rocks. Oh, for plan B. Yeah, um, yeah. Can I um, can I ask the golem nicely to uh, to go over and help um, help Honash with with moving the rocks? What are you saying to him? Uh, can I say uh, hello? Excuse me, Chewbacca. Um, would you would you uh, be able to let the door let these doors open and go over there and just point over at Hunash um, and the cave in bit with all the rocks and just say um, would you be able to help him move all those rocks out of there? Thank you very much. For your he time. looks at you for a while and you see the fire in the golem's eyes twinkle as he looks down at you and he says, "It would be my pleasure to go over there and help you with anything that I can do." As uh, he walks away from the door, and there's he's almost unsentient in the way he's literally an automaton. As he steps away from the door in his booming kind of way, uh, you see him get to it with the rocks. It barely even like breaks a sweat. He just picks rocks up and just moves them in a methodical kind of thing. As the doors break open, you see um, you see four Kuatoans, um come running in as they stop and stare at the semi-naked lobster lady in front of them as you see them all stop and look at each other. Uh, They're all brandishing an array of very pointy weapons. I shout, (laughs) (laughs) Make me a... (laughs) Make me a description (laughs) check. I make the... um... Can he? What about a performance check? Can he? Can he have advantage because Aristobulus is helping with the image? Do you know what? I was going to say he had disadvantage because he's pretending to be a fucking god, but I will break it even to just he can just regular. do it because he's back. Uh, deception or well, it doesn't make any difference. They both utilize my enormous charisma. Uh, sixteen. Sixteen. One of them breaks rank and comes up to you and is like, and you see him as the other two like pull him backwards. There's not a general consensus amongst these guys as to whether this is pure heresy. Can I kill one of them very quickly with my lobster claws to establish dominance? Wait, aren't your lob? Wouldn't because you've used the, the disguise self? Wouldn't the lobster claws just oh, be fake? Yeah, just and you were just like. That, so- like Hang on. Wrap nothing. Can he have uh, hidden daggers behind the, the lobster <laughs> claws? So when he stabs them in the claws, yeah, no, yeah, because I'm carrying. Let's say I I get my daggers out, but they're hidden beneath the cloak of the lobster claws. They kind of I just mean, be floating. Make me a sleight of hand check if you want to do. The children's you party. You feel more and more like that. One of those. Feel more and more like one of those magicians you see on Twitter and YouTube who do their little clips with like sleight of hand. But you're like, come on. Okay. Very fitting, man, yeah, I got a 14 for that. I mean, you walk up to one of them and you make a really kind of like threatening look. I mean, let's be honest. 
one of the Kuwaitoans isn't even looking at your head. They're still looking down at your naked body because <laughs> you have to draw their eyes back up with your claw. Um, as you go for the neck of one of them, um, make me make me a straight-up attack with the dagger, with the dagger. I suppose. It is the dagger after all. Uh, okay. That should be pretty good. That's a two plus four. That's a six. That's a six. As, as the little Kuwaitan like shrinks back down, waiting for his god to pass judgment on him, he just feels a little scratch on the side of his neck as you cut one of his like dorsal fins. As I... there's a lot of confusion as they look at each other for a while. I think the um, I think the kind of image of the god is starting to wear a little bit thin on them. So at this point, you notice several things, Matt. You notice. Behind the three slightly unconvinced-looking Kuwaitoans, you now see a horde of about 50 or 60 Kuwaitoans marching in the distance towards this kerfuffle. Um, you see that the the gig is up. Um, there's, there's, there's a wave of angry-looking fish people heading your way. At the same time, you hear behind you the boom as the golem pulls the ginormous boulder out of the way of the passageway at the back. Go on. I have a general D&D question. Yeah. For like, from my like, army days and my wars against multiple you know, races and stuff, um, is it a Pokemon situation where you know fire or like lightning would hurt fish folk? Uh, so I'm going to say that's part of your own kind of internal history of people and things that you fought against. Off the top of your head, do you think probably fire being water-based things? They probably don't like fire too much. You'd imagine electricity and lightning probably wouldn't do them much good, and anything water-based is probably water off a salmon's back. Um, as they say. As they, okay. as they say in Finland. <laughs> okay, guys, new plan. Uh, I think this has bought us all the time that we're going to get. Um, I, think we, I think we run for the cave-in and start slinging shit behind us as we go. <laughs> Can I use my ace in the hole before we go and squeeze my little elbow, elbow plushie to try and calm the, uh, <laughs> the fish people? I think it, it doesn't it calm the people who are holding it and squeezing it? No, no. It, um, it, um, it, or is it area so of effect? It, it suppresses strong emotions for humanoids in a 20-foot radius sphere. Oh, okay. Centered on as... points you choose. As you... Is, um, is it like build a bear? Yeah. Where if you squeeze it, it says something. Yeah, it says things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Matt, roll a dice. Um, I will destroy you and everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a the D4, song feelings of hate. Yeah. I am the alpha and the omega. It says, You've got a personality any bard would celebrate in song. <laughs> Strong. Wow. Awesome. So as you pull the little on its back, it, it says the little, you've got a personality, any bad word. As there's too much sea salt <laughs> up inside the paper <laughs> inside it, and it just crackles out. As you sit in front of you, the three Kuatoans are like, ooh, yeah. They, they, they're probably all going to go on to have like a life in the clergy now that uh, they've they've met their maker. But the other thing you notice is the priest standing behind you uh, also calms as your backlight just sort of goes. 
Aristobulus gets Brutus Droop. Um, I'm not saying he was using his Magalite to light you, but he he goes to a happy, <laughs> calm place. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just look at everyone and just do like the do the all round nod and just say quick quick escape quick escape through the tunnel. Can can, can I fit in the tunnel? Yeah right? yeah yeah. Well, can the all, of you, all of you one by one. Um, who's who's going to help people through? Am I still a lobster? Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to scurry through them. As, as everyone looks over for the first time and realizes Maud is a lobster, as Maud comes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Maud comes barreling through the hole. Uh, Tatty, you stay and you see people through in a heroic fashion, pushing the kids and the goat through. Hanash is through. Um, Aristobulus is like calm, but goes through. Um, a, a naked I'm lady. Make sure, that, make sure that Barbara goes ahead of me as well. Oh, Barbara. Barbara, who uh, has got a string of intestines in her mouth from Maud's Vuvuzela. <laughs> Um, goes through as uh, that just can Barbara can Barbara use the string of intestines because it's obviously dark can she use it as a rope <laughs> to drag people through to drag the what through to drag people through like a lead sure hold. like the most disgusting sheepdog trials you've ever seen in your life uh, you, you. I, I have seen the um, YouTube video of the uh, Thailand rescues. Think like that. Yeah. So Tatty just stands there going, "Come by, come by, come by," as Barbara just runs around the back of the pack of people with a with a string of intestines, just lassoing them, bringing them all in. As Tatty, you head count people through. It's now you, you. Um, you you get a face full of lobster boob on the way through as Blibdol poop ducks under the door. Um, as it's just you and the golem now. As you see there's about 50 or 60 people at the door at the other end of the room. Are they kind of coming towards us? Yes. Okay. Um, can the golem... I assume the golem is too big for this tunnel. At the moment it is. Okay. S- snap some pieces off. Golem, can I, shrink! Can I, can I say... Uh, can I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I say? Can you can you shrink yourself down uh, to to come into the tunnel? As he looks at you, he's deep? like, "I can do many things, but I cannot shrink myself." I I immediately I do not miss a beat. I say, "Okay, run that way and attack the fish people." He's like, oh. "Are we going to thank him for his service?" I was going to shout behind me, just give him. A, a As nice you see, line. he doesn't even. He just he runs off, and you just see him bowl into a crowd oh. of fish people. Just swatting them, sad music. Swatting them <laughs> out of the way. Um, As you, the last we see is like his his giving us the thumbs up from a sea of fish people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just give him a salute. Imagine uh, a massacre in a seafood market, and it's pretty much that. Like it's like somebody threw a uh, prawn cocktail into a lawnmower. You just see like chunks of seafood flying in all directions. As you realise you've now got an opportunity to seal up this door. I sure do. Uh, I'm going to, as I start backing into the tunnel, uh, I'm going to take out uh, my last stick of dynamite. (laughs) This is brilliant. This is so the Goonies. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm going to take out my last stick of dynamite and I'm going to light it and I'm going to fucking haul ass <laughs> through the tunnel. With the dynamite? <laughs> Just running you through the tunnel. Fuck, 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 fuck. Made me a dexterity saving throw. Or straight up, yeah, made me a straight up dexterity saving throw. Uh, 21. 21, yeah. You light it, you put it down, you you hear the kerfuffle in the other room as you turn and sprint. You see the people just up ahead of you as you feel a boom and a rush of hot air as you're lifted off your feet and slammed into the ground and rocks and pebbles bounce off the back of your skull. You feel the air knocks out of your lungs and everything goes dark. You don't know how long it is, but you see uh, a big green hand as Hanash pulls you up off the floor slaps the air back into you with a blow on your back as air rushes back into your lungs and your diaphragm reinflates as you rub gravel and dirt out of your eyes as you turn around and just see the smoldering pile of rock behind you that has now sealed you in. I say, come on, big man, we got to go. I hold on to him like it's officer and a gentleman, uh, and I hear that music in my head. As, as, he, as he lifts me up. <laughs> and that is where I'm going to drop you a map into the channel. Okay, right. I'm going to show you several things. Neither of them are legal. Uh, here we go. Hopefully this will work. So you are now in a set of caverns that look something like this. If you can see this, you may need to... You're in the bottom left-hand corner. How many K is this? Five. Eight. Ooh. Eight. Ooh. Oh, that's a lot of I like, K. I like this. The, the fire is so realistic. And just for those people element. who find it hard to look at 3D things, here's a top-down view just to compare it with. You're really spoiling us. I am. You're at the bottom. You're in the bottom left-hand corner where that fire is, and there's a doorway in the bottom left-hand corner which is now sealed up. That work for you? Lovely. Sure does. Right. At this point, we're going to take a five-minute drinks break as that punctuates the episode nicely in the middle. Go on, then. Come on. Let's get this show back on the road. You all know where you are on the map. What would you like to do? Um... Can I can I investigate to see if I can find um, a, the path ahead? Uh, yeah, you see these little kind of tallow candles lit around the place. Uh, as you wander around the room, you trip over something on the floor. You look down and you see a toadstool. Um, as there is fungi um, all over the floor. In varying patterns and spores, you see stalactites and stalagmites and little mossy nooks and dells in the wall um, and bits of broken pottery and wood and bone all over scattered around the floor. Yes. I, I would like to go and investigate the mummy as a lobster. Uh, <clears throat> as you just see the little lobster skitter past... Uh, Barbara kind of take the step to one side, Tatty. Barbara is not comfortable with this giant lobster. Um, she's she's used to being the only quadruped, and uh, lobsters have six legs. Yeah, 
Someone's been Googling. All right. So you're... you're... <laughs> Someone just knows what a lobster is. Yeah. <laughs> you're a hexaped. What more do you want? I like to... I, I just like... I just like to imagine that none of the none of the rest of the party is quite sure where Maud has gone, but we assume <laughs> that lobster that's following us is Maud. So yeah, like, no one's, yeah, no that must be her, about right? We just, if, no one, like if no one to, mentions anything, we'll just assume that's Maud. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to assume that I'm a party lobster as well. Like, I'm bright blue, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, like, wiggling with sass as I walk. Yeah, as you all see... The lobster on the floor, like waggling its ass as it walks around. This is the first time you notice the lobster's got a um, squirrel handbag around its midriff. <laughs> as it, as it just, it gives it all that as it waddles off into the corner. Uh, right, yeah, make me an investigation check, Chanel. Poor, oh, I can. An investigation check. I've got the shiny. The shiny song from... Um, Tubular Belt? Oh, no, that's The Exorcist. <laughs> uh, from that Disney film uh, with the rocking. Um, oh, what's that? Moana. Moana. I'm so shiny. <laughs> I was a crab, but... Shine bright like Whoa. a lobster. Shine. <laughs> <laughs> what did you get? Oh, six. Six. Um, turns out, being low to... Being low to the ground and having your eyes on stalks doesn't uh, make easy to investigate. Um, you manage to glean that this is a webbed-up body of some sort of person or being. It's been uh, fully webbed up by something. It's webbed to the floor. Oh, no. It's more fucking spiders, isn't it? What? Lots of things make webs. Silkworms. Spiders. Yeah. Web developers. <laughs> God damn it. Tim Berners-Lee. You just see Tim Berners-Lee on top of a giant egg sack. Just like... <laughs> God, look, at him doubling, look at him doubling down. This um, that's it. Can I look for secret passages? Can I like investigate and like look for like air coming in weird places and like touch things? In Doom, you used to go to every single wall and press spacebar to see if there had oh, a secret yeah. door in there. Yes, exactly. That's a spacebar, these walls. Uh, yes, if you wish, you can make me an investigation check. Do you remember when we were coming out of like the gnome cave land where we went to jury and on our way there, we were like trying to... like. There's like this big statue, and we just like kept on pulling at it to try and find a secret passage. Yeah. And there's just like a door, and we spent like three you spent episodes, three episodes <laughs> looking, pull, pulling the finger at the statue trying to open a door that was next to it with a handle. <laughs> uh, I got a 19 investigation check. 19 investigation check. You go around the walls, you knock on them, you put your ear to them. They all sound pretty solid. For the sake of... Um, realism, I'm going to say, on the left-hand side of this column, you see the lobster looking at the little webbed-up body up ahead of you. As you go around knocking on all the walls, they are solid as fuck. This is solid stone. The only door you see is to the right-hand side. Behind, there's a giant stone pillar in the middle of the room, which you can see, which is about five or six feet across. Uh, behind it, you see a door into another passageway that's lit by candle. But as far as you can see on the left-hand side, you don't really see a great deal. Um, in the algae, there's an algal bloom 
on one of the walls. And as you look down, you reach your hand into the gloop of the algal bloom and you pull up a purse um, that has uh, 43 gold pieces in it. Woo! Nicely done. Bing pot. Um, can I... Can I go over to the body that um, Maud was investigating? Could I give that? Could I give that a once over as well? Either whatever investigation or survival. Yeah, I want to see if I can figure out what animal has done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a Holmes and Watson, uh, a giant lobster and a gnome. As um, <laughs> As you walk over to it, you stand next to the lobster. The problem is you can't really communicate with the lobster as you and the lobster look at each other. Um, the lobster's looking reticent, for sure. The, ro- the lobster's not looking particularly happy. As you kneel down, you look at it, it's human size. It's about six foot, well spindled up. Um, doesn't moving. Nothing about the body's moving. Looks quite old and dusty. Okay, so I only got a 10 for my survival check. But would I, what I, what I was going to ask was, um, do I have, beyond, you know, it maybe being a spider, do I have any idea what kind of animal would live in caves like this and that would web Nothing comes to mind. It appears to have been there because some of the algal bloom behind it has started growing up the side of the webbing. It's been there for quite a long time, whatever the fuck it is. Okay. I, um... I'm just going to gesture towards the the door. Before we go, does anyone mind me burning it? Not at all. I just want to see if there's anything fun underneath. And, I mean, there's if it's dry as hell, it's been here for a while. Oh, my God, there's candles around. Someone's feeling looty. <laughs> I'd like to pick up one of the uh, one of the torches and burn the thing. Uh, yeah, as you pick up one of the tallow torches, um, the flames flicker and the, the shadows dance on the walls around you. The walls are slightly wet with moisture and condensation. As you lower the torch, a bit like at a, one of the sort of Viking burial, you lower the torch to the um, cocooned body. It's so old, it catches light quite quickly as you see the flames flicker and lick up the side of the um, spindled body as it soon sets on fire. Uh, You have to step back as it gets a quite nice blaze going and you feel the warmth on your face as you all stand there. Um, After a while, you see movement as little spiders start coming out on fire as uh, the little flaming bodies of spiders just slowly scuttle off and burn up and shrivel as their feet go up and contort into, like, Richter's death um, as the flames lick. There's nothing al- There's nothing left alive in that now. You're practically salivating as you said that. Do they scream? <laughs> Do they scream for death? <laughs> uh, you can hear the lobster whistle as you boil it. The, the, the little lobster makes a whistling noise. <laughs> uh, I, I, blow, I blow on the corpse to try and cool it down, and then, and then I loot. It's not fucking creme brulee. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot. I don't want to put it in my hands. As you use the toe of your boot to kick the embers. Uh, or, or, I may have some butter made out of squirrel fat in my bag. You got what? I may have some butter made out of squirrel fat in my bag. You could have the, the look. Maybe. 
I mean, the, the, the thing you notice is that Maud is a high-functioning alcoholic. As you look over, the, um, the lobster's got a little hip flask in one claw as it's just taking little swigs. Um, as, Hanash, you walk over to the embers of the bonfire as you kick them and you see now the charred bones of something humanoid, fuck knows what it was, there is the charred skeleton of some sort of humanoid. Um, as you reach in and kick it over, there's a very, very charred set of hatchets in there. I mean, they, they've, they've been cremated within an inch of their life now. But uh, there's, there's a charred set of hatchets. I thought you said a child's set of hatchets. No, not a Fisher Price like, set of hatchets. I was like, what civilization did he come from and how can I live there? Um, can I, um, can I just, um, kind of start moving through to the, I don't know, I'll kind of go through the, the hole into the, into the next, into the next kind of cavern area. Uh, moving through into the next cavern area, walking up to the door. Who, what, what order are people going through? Um, I'm, I'm quite happy to, I'm quite happy to go first. Uh, I've got fairly good perception. I, I curse the floors, all I get is hatchets. Rusty, <laughs> shitty hatchets. Rusty children's hatchets. And I go, I go last as I kind of grimace at myself. Uh, right. So as Tatty, you make your way through, you hear a scuttling noise coming from the other side of the room. Um, I'm going to take my bow out and kind of point over to where I think the sound is coming from. And I'm going to turn around and just, like, everyone. Are there doors, these doors? No, there's no door. Yeah, are they actually... They're just holes in the wall. Okay. That's as, that's as, yeah, that's as cave-like just... as I could make Dungeon Alchemist look like, unfortunately. Shout out to Dungeon Alchemist. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Can I just note that I'm... Um... I've realised I still look like a, a lobster, a half half naked lobster lady. I turned back into good old, good old fashioned regular Dulcia. Yeah. You spoil sport. As you see the look of sad, uh, you see a look of happiness drain out the face of Aristobulus as he looks over at you, and the <laughs> naked lady turns back into a crocodile. I, I like, I like, I raise my arms at Aristobulus like na- naked crocodile isn't good enough for you. Well, it's not really my cup of tea. I mean, if it got cold enough, I could probably give it a go. But <laughs> um, okay, Tatty, make me perception check. Fourteen. Fourteen. Stepping forward into the room, you hear something coming from the archway on the other side. As you step further into the cave, you hear steps. Steps. Yeah, not like five, like, six, seven, eight, like fucking, um, <laughs> like fucking steps. You hear? Does it actually sound? Does it actually sound like steps, or does it sound like something scuttling? Scuttle, scuttle. Sounds like steps. Okay, cool. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Uh, I'm going to knock an arrow and start moving towards it. See if I can figure out what it is. So with that, um. You step forward, you feel a pain in the bottom of your foot as you let out a muffled scream that you, you managed to stifle. As you look down, you realise you've stepped on a caltrop. 
air on the floor. As you look down in the base of your boot, you see a multi-sided metal spike sticking out the bottom of your boot. As you um, internalize the pain, as you um, as you pull the spike out the bottom of your boot, there's a little bit of blood on it as you take two points of piercing damage. Uh, at which point you look up and silhouetted in the doorway is um, a Kuatoan high priest um, holding a scepter. And to that, we're all going we're gonna to roll initiative. Woo! Love me some initiative. This might be this might be the latest we've ever rolled initiative in a. Uh, yes, I suspect all of us. Yes, all of you. So, what about that special episode of uh, oh, no. Adventures Anonymous Extra Late? It is that we had a. Uh, oh so yeah, had... uh, I rolled a two. Okay, hold on. Um... So, uh, hang on while I roll some things. Okay. Uh, what did you all get? Right, who got 20 to 25? Nobody? Anyone get 15 to 20? <laughs> okay. Uh, you got 16. Oh, you got 16. That's good. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, anyone get 10 to 15? No. Did anyone get 5 to 10? I got six. Whoa! I got a, I got a 13. Oh, right, thank you. Uh, uh, what did you get, Maud? Two. Well done. <laughs> as, as a lobster. Right. Um, I can't roll dice properly, they just... <laughs> let, let, me, let me just pull up my giant lobster stats for Maud so that we at least have half a chance of being able to... So does Maud take on the stats of the animal? She didn't keep her... Yeah. I think isn't there something for druids where like they have the they keep their mental stats but they take on the physical stats oh, really? of the animal. Just have the yeah. mental capacity of a lobster. How could they ever turn back to normal if they can think of how to turn back to normal? Yeah. Wow, this is Oh, there's oh. a there's an idea for a, a a character like a like a squirrel. That forgot it's a druid, <laughs> and then sneezed and became a druid. Yeah. Isn't that how you? That's how you met Maud in the first place. She was a oh, druid yeah. who had forgotten what the fuck she is. Right? Have I got some stats for a fucking lobster? Jesus Christ! And not just any odd lobster, a giant lobster, not a small lobster. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. You'd have thought that I would have had this up my sleeve. Uh, I've got a cockroach. Will that do? No. What's Don't eat cockroaches. Can do if you get hungry enough. I've ate cockroaches. That's pretty. They're pretty beastly. Pretty strong. Pretty tough. Yeah. You were. They ain't got these claws. Rather be a dragon. Can't eat a dragon though. Giant lobster. Here we go. Is this going to give us some fucking stats? Nope. Yes. No. 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 Okay. Monstrous lobster. Here we are. Jesus Christ, it's got a lot of health points. Okay, right, so, has it actually got any kind of attack? Oh yeah, it's got a combat claw. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yes. Right, okie dokie. Uh, right, first up is um, Hanash, what are you doing? Uh, so, is it just like this priest, priest, priestess that I see? At the moment, the only person you can see is a priest silhouetted in the door. 
On the other side of the second chamber, yes. Um, can I... Would it be my bonus action to kind of have a quick look at the ground to make sure there's no other kind of traps or booby traps or anything? Uh, you can't see any other cow traps. Uh, there was just a few in the doorway that Tatty strolled right over and stuck in the bottom of his foot. Okay. So you still see Tatty yeah, yeah. hopping up and down, pulling things out of the bottom of his feet, the soles of his feet. Cool. Well, I'll probably attack them in some fashion. <laughs> in some uh, okay. how, how far away is that door? Like um, that door is said, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 20, 25 feet. Okay, so I move 10 feet towards it, and then I shoot the, the thing with my blunderboos. Amazing. So you make your way up to the stalagmite in the middle, if you see. Uh, leaning on it for support, you raise your blunderbuss up to the head of the Kuatoan priest as his eyes go wide and you pull the trigger. I got three. <laughs> oh, no. As you you slip on some algae on the side of the um, stalagmite, as you aim off, you fire, you pull the trigger, there's a god almighty boom, you feel it in your shoulder as all of the buckshot flies into the um, lamp on the wall next to him as the lamp is obliterated. Uh, as the room goes slightly darker, so I get an, I get another attack. So I, I stand up and I, I say to the breeze, even though I'm pretty sure they won't understand me, I say exactly what I meant to do. <laughs> You're falling into my trap now, and then I run at it and hit it in its crotch with my morning star. Do you in the crotch? Do you still have movement left for that? I presume you do. Uh, I've got 30 feet, so yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I get 12 to uh, Hold on, yeah, okay. Sorry, just moving a few bits around. Better be doing those traps out my way. Uh, sorry, you're now up in combat with him, are you? Um, okay, so you're 12, 12 to hit. Uh, doesn't. Um, he ducks back and your mace hits the door jam or the edge of the, the opening, uh, sparks fly up as the metal hits stone. Um, I uh, I murmur to myself. I look down on my chest and I'm like, "Come, come on, curse God! Come, don't, don't fuck me! <laughs> don't fuck me! You make me look stupid!" <laughs> as you look on at him, you look over his shoulder. You see a Kuatoan with a bow made out of like whale gut and um, some kind of driftwood. As you see him pull the arrow and fire over the top of the priest's shoulder. He gets a whew, 22 to hit. Yeah, he hits. Uh, doing six, bloody hell, doing six points of piercing damage as it slams into your collarbone between your neck and your collarbone. You just see a shaft with some filthy arrows sticking out of it, jutting out of your collarbone now um, as you sort of flail backwards a little bit. Tatty, I'm presuming that you've stopped hopping up and down now. I would like to think so. Um, Obviously, you've got Barbara with you. Yes. She acts on my initiative if I use a bonus action to to tell her what to do. Um, Okay. Uh, Cena's Hanash is in melee range with one of them. Yes. Uh, I'm going to fire at that one, uh, which will give me sneak attack if I hit. Um... That's a 
22 to hit. He's also in cover because he's, he's behind a archway. He's not technically in the same room as you. They're fighting across the boundary of a doorway. All right, okay. So he should be... Does that just mean that he gets a bonus to his AC? Uh, yeah, he gets a bonus to his AC, yeah. Does a 22 still hit? Very much so. As some sort of uh, archer extraordinaire, you wait for the ducking and weaving as Hanash moves his head out of the way. Just as Hanash comes back with a boat, a bolt sticking out of his shoulder, you let go of your shaft, which now that I say it out loud sounds really filthy, as uh, you see the flight arc across the room, slam into the front of the Kuatoan's robes, um, do me some damage. Ten damage. Ten damage, Jesus. As it uh, it goes, you see it goes clean through one of the symbols. He's got a symbol on a little kind of like um, pendant round his neck as the arrow goes clean through the symbol and pins it into his chest as you 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 see him kind of stagger back. Uh, any more for any more? And then um, I'm going to use my Whales from the Grave again. Um, which is the, the guy with the bow and arrow. Is he, um, is he within, yeah, he's within 30 feet of the other guy. Yeah, he's within five feet of the other guy. Yeah. Uh, he takes one point of damage as, uh, these like spectral hands start to like reach out of the, of the cave walls and just start like scratching at him. You can't understand Killer Terran, but you can understand a man who's screaming. As you you hear a man screaming as the very cave walls open up and start trying to drag him in. Um, And then as my bonus action, I'm going to uh, tell Barbara to run up and attack the the guy with the bow and arrow. Uh, Yeah, she can can certainly... She's got 40 feet of... Hey? Can she? Can she get? She's got forty feet of movement. Can she get up? She can certainly do the forty feet. Whether she can get past Hanash and the Hanash and the the guy are grappling in a doorway, so you've managed. She'll just she she can just go for the closer one. Yeah, then. yeah. All right. Yeah, she, um, the lady goes bouncing through the dark. You can see her white pelt glinting in the. Are you still calling her lady? Oh, sorry, I dead named her. Yes. Uh, you can see Barbara's uh, slick white pelt kind of glistening in the torchlight as she dances through. Yeah, she's right up with Hanash. Hanash, as you look down from the arrow in you, you see a sudden warm rush next to you as the wolf is by your left leg. Uh, hang on a sec. I just need to make, just make sure that she doesn't get advantage. Get a dog. She, oh, if the beast moves at least 20 feet straight forward towards a target and then hits it with a maul attack, the target takes an extra 1d6 slashing damage. That's pretty good. Let's see if she hits. Come on, Barbara. That's a 21 to hit. Very much hits. Okay. Uh, bear with me. I'm using I'm using actual rules for Barbara now, which is annoying for me. Uh, let's see. 1d8 plus 1d6 plus 2 plus... Three? Okay. Jesus. That's a lot of math. Roll! Uh, that's eight plus four. That's 13 points of damage. 13 points of damage. Uh, yes, he is looking ropey. As you see more, as you see the, the wolf. Hanash, as you look down, you see the wolf chewing into the uh, thigh bone of the fish 
uh, as he lets out a a howl into the air. As you see behind him, the guy behind him with the bow and arrow is currently trying to swat off spectral figures using his bow like a club, just trying to (laughs) prevent the very cave walls from coming to life and pulling him in. Um, All right. Next up is the K2, who none of you have seen yet. Uh, we're going to see... Are we carrying him around a little stretcher? Hey, you carrying who around? The K2. Who? Kato. Oh, not Kato. <laughs> Kato. Sorry. Never, never mind. <laughs> Kato, Kato is uh, Kato's in Belsiar pocket, yeah. and he's... Um, He's currently turning into... Does he not need, like, life support? Or... Yeah, he's currently turning into crow jerky uh, as he's drying <laughs> out. Uh, right. K2 is another um, archer who you see behind um, the high priest. As the archer looks in front of him, sees Hanash with an arrow sticking out of his collarbone, looks down at the wolf that's attacking his master, takes an arrow out and uh, takes aim and fires, um, getting a 17. Uh, 17, I think, is going to hit. Hang on a second. I think, because uh, I have to add something to her. Uh, so I'll look, 13 plus proficiency bonuses. No, it hits. It hits. Excellent. Doing a mere two points of piercing damage as it glances off. It hits and ricochets off her flank as you hear a howl as a red stain starts appearing down the side of your wolf's flank. As you see the arrow skitter along the stones towards you and come to a rest at your feet. I like look at this guy like side on like stare at him. <laughs> you stare at him. I like to think you stare at him, never breaking eye contact as you just pull the arrow out of your own collarbone really slowly. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that takes us to Belsia. What do you do? Ice knife. Um... <laughs> Remember at the moment, Belsia, you're by the doorway in the bottom left-hand corner, so you've got to get all the way to the door first. Hang on. Can I react? Can I jump out of the way? <laughs> Absolutely not. Fuck. Unless no, you've I... gone anywhere. To the best of my knowledge, Belsia, you haven't gone anywhere or investigated anything much. So... You're, Wait, I'm still in the other room. Uh, well, everyone is. The only people who are in the right-hand room at the moment are Hanash, Tati, and Barbara. Everyone else is still waddling around in the first room. Oh, oh. Tati went first, stepped on a caltrop, and uh, let everyone know they were there. Uh, I walked very quickly to the doorway. Yeah, that's one, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet of your movement, user. That's all my movement. Okay. You're I now standing next can... to Tati. Okay, now I can. I, I assume I can see the the foe. Uh, just so you see the door at the top of that room. It's currently got Barbara and Hanash in the doorway, and behind it are three people. So you're gonna have to fire over the top of Hanash and Barbara to hit the three people behind. That's all of that's them are within. Fine. All of them are within ten feet. All Barbara, Hanash, and the three Kuatones are all in a sort of tight ten feet. That's that's fine. I'll use my last sorcery point to use careful spell. So, Barbara and Hanash, as long as I don't hit them directly, um, will succeed on the saving throw. Watch him roll a natural one as this ice shard goes into the back of Hanash's it's, it's head. An, it's inevitable, <laughs> isn't it? It's happened before. Come sure on, has. come on. And it's a 19 in 20 chance not to get a natural one. 
It's a natural nine plus five, 14. 14 uh, is not high enough to hit the target. Um, sails past, slams into the door jam, and does it blow up at this point? It explodes, and everyone in five feet <laughs> needs... It explodes. <laughs> does, does that presumably include Barbara and Hanash, or are they still covered under careful spell? They're, they're covered under careful... They succeed automatically on their saving throw. Everyone has to make a... Everyone, i.e. the three fish men, have to make a saving throw on dexterity of 13. as you hear the scuttles of a crocodile behind you... um, You instinctively duck. You hear (laughs) us. As both Barbara and Hanash look up at a pulsating ice shard dug into the wall, as both you and the wolf look at each other as you throw yourselves left and right in a John Woo-esque style dive (laughs) as the doorway explodes in a hailstorm of uh, icicles. As Right, what what are the saving throws? Uh, 13 on dexterity. Pass, pass, just pass, or three of them just pass. Oh. So they take half as much damage. Uh... No, I don't think they take any. Oh, they don't take any, okay. Yeah, I thought it was half, but... No, the wedding say no, none. That's, that's something else, that's another... As the ice shards all drop down, um, you look up and you just see three slightly frozen fish fingers. Like, <laughs> you just shake it off. You see the little icicle on the end of the Kuatoan's nose as he snaps it off. And just... But they're okay. Uh, right, Maud, that takes us... Oh, no, sorry. Assuming that's all you're doing, Bersia, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, that takes us to number one, the Kuatoan priest. As you see him take the ruined emblem off the middle of his chest, it's now broken by um, Tati's arrow as he holds two halves of his medallion and slowly puts it back together again. <laughs> Utters some words to Blibdolpoop. As you see, his left hand turns into a giant lobster claw as a boon from his deity, as this one is real and not two daggers and some papier-mâché, as he comes out into the open. Now, he's now standing between Barbara and Hanash, and he turns around to Hanash. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, I've got Mace Slayer, so when a creature within five feet of me casts a spell, I can use a reaction to make a melee attack against the creature. Yeah, all right. As you look around, you see the claw, his hand morphing into a giant crimson lobster claw as he looks up just in time to see... Um, Okay. Whatever you Uh, I'm going to go with the morning staff with the crotch again because it's, you know... (laughs) Dick slapping a man with a morning star, the poor guy. Natural 20. Okay. Natural Brilliant. 20. <laughs> Go on, then. 23 to hit. Oh 23 damage. Ow. Well, the good news is he only had seven health left. So, how would you like to do him? Um, in the crotch. Chris Rag is going to do the fish in the crotch. I like to go through the crotch. I get so much speed, like it kind of turns into like almost like a fireball and it goes straight <laughs> through him. Up, up through his body. <laughs> through his skull. Anime style. Fireball. So as you pick yourself up, icicles and shards of ice across you, you dust yourself off with that almost, the layer of ice 
from the ice knife is like a patina of stardust on you. As you look up, you see the priest who's holding on to the door jam because he's highly weakened. As you see him talking gobbledygook to Blibdor Poop, as his in the in the most Hollywood moment ever, his his hand turns into a lobster claw. As as you're like, not today, Satan. <laughs> As on one knee, swinging back, you cast up, catching him clean in the gonads, firing him up and crushing him onto the wall. As you see, the middle of him is a wreck as your chain, the ball and chain. The mace is on a ball and chain, isn't it? It depends what kind of mace. I think it's like a morning no. star. Or is it just like a rod with a... No, a mace is just a stick with a thing it's on the It's just a stick with a ball yeah. and the, your, your mace is caught right up in his entrails as you have to put one foot on his, the wreckage of his corpse and rip out your mace, bring in bits of fishy entrails and tripe with you. Uh, right. I, I also look the other person in the eye as I do this. There's two it's of them. Your neck. There's two of them. As you, they're like, ah, oh, no. Uh, right. That's that's the leader down. Go on, Maud, you're up. What are you doing? Um, I would like to use my most vicious lobster attack. Okay, as a lobster... Can a lobster use hellish rebuke? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but you've got a combat claw. <laughs> you've got a combat claw that you can use, if you wish. What else have I got? You've got claws I, before, you're a lobster. Venom? Hey? Can I spit venom? You're a lobster. When was the last time you saw a lobster? <laughs> you're a lobster with a combat claw. So you're you're a lobster with a giant combat claw. You're just a lobster. What do you mean you're not a lobster? I'm a feminist. Lobster. You're not Doctor Evil's lobster. You don't have a laser on your forehead. <laughs> like what? I'm a lobster. Not just any old lobster. What do lobsters eat? Do they eat um, fucking krill or like kelp? Like they're not. They're not great white sharks. They're not apex predators. Yeah, you can use the fronds if you want. You can use the fronds in the front of your mouth. <laughs> I will do. All right. I tell you what. I'll give you this. I'm just gonna for the rule of cool. I will allow you to um, intimidate him with your, like, uh, lobster labia <laughs> thing at the front of your mouth, whatever the fuck those little, like... I'd like to use my lobster combat. Okay, not, not the labial lobster. <laughs> Thank bit. you. Okay, uh, good, right? Uh, as you scuttle up in line with him, Tatty, Belsiar, you both look down as a blur. You think it's a dog at first, and then you see a giant fucking lobster scuttle past you right up over the ruined corpse of um, the <laughs> dead. <laughs> Anash, you've still got one boot on the chest of the Kuatone as you rip your mace out as a giant lobster scuttles over the top. Uh, do you want to go? I'd like to scream the pow motherfuckers as I jump. As you, you hear the kamikaze <laughs> lobster. As he, <laughs> um... Are you going for the guy? Would you like to go for the guy on the left or the guy on the right? I would like to go for the guy on the left. Okay, guy on the left. Specifically in a face hugger type style. Leaping up onto his chest with his combat claw. I've never seen this before. You've got a plus 11. Wow. What? Them, them the rules apparently. I've just found the, I found, I found the, um, I found the rules for a monstrous. What do you get? Whatever you got, plus 11. Oh, sorry. What what am I rolling? Just a combat roll. Of D twenty. Roll me a D twenty. Add eleven. Seventeen. Is that plus eleven? No. Twenty eight. I've got a seventeen. Twenty eight. 
28 is you the almost face hugger s the the claws your little scuttly thing scuttle up his as a giant claw comes in grabs him around the neck as the pincers go in you see his head like bulging his little yellow eyes out the side almost popping uh it does 2d6 plus 9 damage <laughs> what <laughs> Wait, do, do you know? Do you know the jaws of life that the uh, that the fire brigade uses? Like the fucking opposite. I might stay as the lobster. Do you know jaws? Because that's what this is. Which one? Because there's the Bond jaws, and then there's the um, giant salmon thing in that horror film, whatever it's called, shark. I don't, I don't, the giant <laughs> salmon. Would you, you call a shark a giant salmon? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So roll 2d6, mod and add 9. Sorry, say that so again. So roll 2d6 and add 9. Okay, I've got a d6. You want me to roll that I twice? Do. Okay. 4. Yes. And 1. 5 plus 9 is 14. Yep. Okay. Uh, right. So you're you're doing pretty well. They're looking pretty nailed. I suggest we press on because you can probably finish this fight off before too long. Um. Aristobulus is still milling around over on the left because everyone's forgotten about him. Um, uh, Tati and Belsia are in the doorway in the middle. Uh, Maud's right up with two and three. Oh, number one's dead. The the guy between Barbara and Hanash is dead. Sorry, number one is dead. So you've only got two of them left and one of them's pretty badly mashed up. Is it, is it me? Uh, yeah, it's Hanash, yeah. Cool. I go up real cool, like... Uh... I want to attack the one that looks less damaged. One, one on the right. Um, so I'm going to get a great axe for this one. I'm going to try and slit his throat. <laughs> God. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take a five hit to my hit as well. Yep. Um, I'm going to reduce that by five to increase my damage by ten. Yep. So it's a um, uh, 16 to hit. Just hits. Cool. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to do a sweeping attack as well, so I can hit the other guy. But we'll we'll get to that. So that's a 23 damage. The first guy. The first guy. Yeah. Jesus Christ! You're trying to slip. So as you cut across, the whole front of his throat opens up and just gore starts pouring out. As the back of his head is barely attached. I mean, he's holding on by happy thoughts and chewing gum. Uh, <laughs> like. The only thing keeping him propped up at the moment is possibly gravity. Like, you've opened up the front of his larynx, and there's just a gurgling noise coming out the front of the fish. That's the first one. What are you doing with the sec- the other guy? Uh, he gets five damage. All right. So that's my, so that's my first attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, on the guy that's, like, really clinging on, I'm just going to slowly, like, push a dagger into his ear. (laughs) (laughs) That's the... Right, well, I mean, he's got one point of health, that guy, so as you wish. I mean, the back of his head's barely attached. You cut all the way through the front of his neck. There's just a little bit of flap at the back. As you push a knife in very slowly into his ear, his head just falls off backwards. Um, You pull your dagger out. All right, that's that's K2 down. Yep, I think it's K2. Is it K3? As my bonus action, I uh, I just kind of really quickly like take the dagger out so his like friend gets like flicked with all his blood. <laughs> and <laughs> an artist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the second guy's really got 
Oh, no, no, no. K3's gone, right? He's dead. Right, Tati, you're up. Okay. Um, is Maud in the doorway? Yeah. Maud might as well be in the same square as number two because she's on top of him with a claw around his neck. So. Oh, yeah, she's a lobster. <laughs> uh, yes, I remember. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at this guy. Okay. I'll um I'll use a I'll use a bonus action for um for steady aim to give myself advantage. Are you moving for a better shot on him? Oh, actually, let me see. Uh, you can use his bonus. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'll move. I'll move first so that I can. Yeah. Um, okay. I've moved you into the center of the room so you got a better angle on. Yeah. Uh, that means I can't use steady aim, but um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking wing it. See what happens. Uh, that's a seventeen to hit. Just hits. Uh, and because Maud is well within five feet, I'm gonna add my sneak attack damage. That's eleven plus four. That's fifteen damage. Fifteen damage. How would you like to do this? Um. So Maud is kind of like Maud's. I, I guess Maud is like has got like a claw around this guy's neck and just like throttling him. Um and he's his head is going all over the place, as fish heads are wont to do. Yes. Um uh, and I'm I'm having none of that shit. So I just like peek my head out from around the, the stalactite, stalagmite thing and just boop in the eye. Head should be still <laughs> so as Maud as Maud is throttling the living life out of the Kuatoan the uh, blood vessels start bursting in the Kuatoan's eyes as you're crushing him, as Tati's arrow goes straight through one of the eyes, exploding it as your your lobster is showered in yellow ichor from the eyeball. The, the vitreous humour, the aqueous humour from the eye dripping down onto Maud as the arrow goes right up into his, his ocular cavity in his brain. As you feel the little Kuatoan go limp in your claw, Maud. Can I eat him? Yes. <laughs> as everyone looks over as um, the, the giant lobster starts um, chopping up the, the kuatoan into little tasty morsels and just pushing them into those little weird like labial fronds at the front <laughs> of the lobster uh, just, just pushing them all up what song should I be singing while I'm chopping him up seems like a kind of victory song time uh, what what's that Reach for the stars. Reach for the stars. I was thinking something a bit more maritime, like, but I don't know. Um, row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> there we are. So, so as there's, there's, you could swear, Hanash, that the lobster in the corner, which is now just tearing chunks out the corpses, is, is humming to itself. Uh, but you're too busy, Hanash, picking chunks of gore out of your mace um you've got like little flecks of like bone and flesh of fish all over your mace that you're pulling apart right as all of you come together as we draw this episode to a it's natural and uh looking around you see you have massacred the three um kubatoans which were between you and the exit uh you made swift um Work of them. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the um, that the high priest was going to get to use some more magic, but Hannah dispatched him before he had even the chance to do a single point of damage. In fact, 
Hanash, other than the blow that you took to your collarbone and the slight glancing blow that Lady took to her flank, as you look down now, Tati, you see Lady comes up to you. Dead naming her. Sorry, dead naming Barbara. As Barbara walks up to you, you see the slight cut down her flank. She she's had worse, but uh, you notice that her her white pelt is somewhat pink now down one side as she comes to you for some affection. It's at this point that Aristobulus comes out from behind the giant rock uh, and it's like, is it all all right? I was just protecting the kids and the goat. As um, The kids are definitely dead. <laughs> um, I don't know how. They definitely are. Maud, as you are literally clawing fish meat into your mouth, you hear a noise behind you as you hear, no! As you turn around and just see Marvin, who is looking with horrified eyes at you. <laughs> oh, it's fine, Marvin. Can Marvin understand me? No, Marvin, don't look. It's too much for I'd your like tiny to, eyes. I'd like to slowly turn around and offer Marvin some fish with my foot. Maybe an animal handling <laughs> check is advantage. This isn't like a mother eagle feeding. <laughs> Animal handling. Yes. A bee? A what? A bee. A bee. With disadvantage. <laughs> How do I do Roll this? Roll again. Take the lower number. Roll again. What does the bee mean? Natural 20. Oh. 12. 12. Uh, at first, the goat doesn't know what to do, and then you just hear it clippity-cloppeting <laughs> off with its cloven hoofs as it scuttles back to Aristobulus, and you just hear, no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> um, you, you've... you've Really not hungry you, enough. You scared your familiar off. Um, as you make your as you make your way around the cave, you turn over bits of pottery, look in algal blooms. There's very little of um, anything that's worth having. Um, Belsia, you turn up a old sea encrusted set of pan pipes, uh, which you may or may not wish to. Um, keep. Never know when you might need some pan pipes. Tati, as as you're looking around, you find uh, the corpse of a body propped up in one corner, and you find a deck of cards um, in it. Excellent. And Maud, are you staying as a lobster? Yes. As you claw away and chew at the body, you crunch down on something hard. As you take it out of your little lobster mouth, you look down and you have a set of tarot cards. Ooh. Which don't, don't and ask. I have six six arms to be able to, to deal them out with. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like a blackjack dealer. Incredible. Right. And uh, with that, you make your way through the rest of the cavern still on guard but quite aware now that you've killed off all of the kuatoans that are of any import uh, you make your way out of the door at the end as you see you now come out into the blast of fresh coastal air as you find yourselves um on a cliff edge high up on the cliff edge you come out of uh, this isn't a cliff edge that's particularly easy to get to hence most people don't use it uh, you look out to one side and you see the swall of the waves as they crash into the side of the cliffs. Uh, it's late in the afternoon at the moment. Uh, the sun is hidden behind grey and dark and ominous clouds. 
in the sky, there's a small wash of rain that comes across you, but suddenly the, the salty sea air is a welcome addition after you've been down in the dark and the dank for so long. Uh, as all of you stand and let the rainwater wash off the patina of grime, dirt, blood, and fish ichor off yourselves, uh, as you look out in front of you at freedom, as Tati, you look down, you pull out of your backpack, I presume you've got it, the Emmental, as you squeeze it between your hands, a smile appears across your face as Aristobulus comes running back up the hill and he's like, there's a giant road bridge ahead. Perfect. Which is where we're going to end this week's episode. Woo! Well, that might have been the quickest combat we've ever had in our lives, but there you go. Right, let's draw a line under the episode at that point. Uh, we will be back next week for more improvised fantasy fuck nuggetry. Right, who's got a big goodbye for the listeners? Bye. My goodbye is this big. This big. You can't see, but it's, but it's, it's this big. It's this big. All right, any last words, Matt? Um, my goodbye is bigger than a giant lobster cannibalizing fish people. And really, That's pretty can, we get, can we get any better than that? Probably not. All right. Chanel, it looked like you were about to sneeze on the listeners there. Are you all right? I, uh, my goodbye is bigger than my disdain for the entire human race as a lobster. Wow. Excellent. <laughs> so much disdain. I've never met a character with so much disdain in my life. Hanash, are you happy? You murdered lots of people. I'm very happy. I got my way. <laughs> oh, that's me. And that's one-fifth of an argument. Uh, I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> Hanash is never happier than when he's murderizing people, and quite frankly, you you did a lot of murderizing today. Also, fucking phenomenal timing because that claw that the uh, high priest was was putting out would do some serious damage. So, in a true Hollywood moment, you you neutralized him at exactly the right moment. In a true Hollywood moment, Hanash saw someone casting a spell and said, "Nope, it no." Not today, Satan. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So, that's a full lid on this week's episode. We're all off to mourn the end of the Elizabethan era and work out how long we've got left to spend all of our money before they remint it with a new face on. But before we let you go, we just want to say a big thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. And, being that you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never missing another episode again? Better yet, if you're feeling in the mood, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? It really does help us, I promise. As ever, we can be found on the socials. We're available on Twitter at AnnoAnno1. You can also find us on Instagram, where you can find evidence of our recent podcast shenanigans, including pictures of me doing stand-up recently. So, that just leaves time to say a huge goodbye from Chris, Matt, Raggy, Shan, Queen Elizabeth, and myself. With any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. And remember, stay tipsy. Stay tipsy.